Reset the podcast is brought to you in association with Liars, the non-alcoholic spirits brand. Whether it's low alcohol or no alcohol, Liars helps you enjoy your classic favourite cocktails. Hello everyone, my name is Suki Thompson. Welcome to Reset, the podcast a place for you to get some inspiration and advice to help you live a more fulfilling work life. I do hope that your journey to feel more connected, more inspired, just a bit more energised starts here. Take a moment now with me to reset. Happy New Year, everyone. Diana Sakel is driven by a strong sense of passion and purpose. A non-for-profit career has seen her at the charity Bernardo's before she joined NABS, the support organisation for the advertising and media industry, as their CEO. In Reset the Podcast, she and I share our experiences of how the industry has needed support over the past two years during COVID. We've discussed how uncertainty, redundancy and financial hardship has driven a change in behaviour, both good and bad, and how strong leaders and agencies have brought well-being into the workplace. I'm interested to talk to Diana about how this can be effectively measured, and she gives her perspective of what they've done at NABS. She also shares with me her journey, which has led her to position of leadership and the importance of looking after her own well-being. She talks openly about her relationships in her life, as well as the mechanisms she uses to create space and clarity amongst the noise. We end by looking into the future of 2022, as Diana prepares to leave her role at NABS and gets excited to reconnect with old passions, as well as have a bit more time to play. I hope you enjoy this first podcast of 2022. If you do, please subscribe and tell your friends. See you soon. Thanks. Diana, so lovely to see you. Happy New Year to you. And Happy New Year to you. So lovely to see you as well, Suki. Well, so as we start the year, um, on a scale of one to ten, how energised are you feeling? I'm a bit mixed. I'm probably hovering around somewhere in the middle. You know, I'm probably a six, six-ish at the moment. I think I don't like lockdowns. I, mean, I don't think anybody mm. does, but I'm uh, quite a natural extrovert. And even just being back in this working from home is not not my best place. But I've learned that about mm. me. <laughs> mm. so, so, so apart from that, I'm fine. You know, lots is going on uh, with NABs and we're really busy as always. But it is just a little, this is, this is, you know, we're at it again, aren't we? You know, there's only so many times our fight and flight responses can can keep going. So I think, yeah, I think I'm just sort of, I'm middling at the moment yeah I know I, I think absolutely so many people feel the same and it, there is that moment isn't it of kind of like oh here we go again let's gird our loins and uncertainty is really hard for lots of people isn't it and you know we certainly feel that um so talk to me a little bit about NABS so explain what NABS is because it's it's a really important part of the um, advertising industry um and and then we can talk a little bit about what you've been doing 
Great. So NAPS is the support organisation for the advertising industry. But we look at that quite broadly, though. So anybody who really works in the breadth of what you could call marketing services, supporting advertising or working with marketing teams, all can receive support from NAPS. We're funded by the industry. So organisations give in so that as many people as possible can then receive support. So over the last sort of few years, it's changed in terms of what we're doing, but still primarily focusing on well-being of everybody in the industry, uh, from mental health, but you know also right across the whole spectrum of everything that makes up well-being. So we're here to support careers, keep people in jobs, support people when things are going wrong, whether it's work or home life. Um, and you can imagine just through you know the last couple of years, that's been challenging for everybody. Nobody's nobody's I don't think had a had a great time over the last couple of years so we've been really busy yeah and it's interesting isn't it because I think for me you know NABS has been there as part of the industry for a long time and I think you know I thought about it for people maybe who were out of work or needed training um, but it very much has evolved with this focus on positive well-being mental health um, and I know that's a lot of what you've been doing what kind of things did you think were needed and how did you how did you look to provide that in the industry? So when I joined NAVS, so sort of seven years now, so time has marched on remarkably quickly and things have changed quite a lot. But we were looking at what we were doing. And whilst we were quite well known for sort of quite the crisis work, so ring NABs when you need them, the organisation had already started doing quite a lot of work on sort of more preventative strategies. So, you know, helping build people's resilience. And we were doing a lot of masterclasses in that. Um, So that was sort of an early insight into the fact that there was more that we could be doing to support the industry, um, equipping people to thrive mm. rather than just catching things when they were they were going wrong and trying to get to the point where people come to us earlier rather than, you know, when, when things have really got quite challenging. So NAB's already on that journey and we worked as an organisation to identify what it was we wanted to do to make a difference. Um, and it really came about to be the whole perspective of well-being. Um, and it's just grown uh, in that in that way since, you know, since then with so many more people supported. Um, and now coming back into 2022, emotional support is the number one reason people are ringing us. But when you sort of dig underneath it, you know, what is it? It's people looking at career crossroads, people thinking about what to do next, all the purpose in life questions, um, so, yeah, it, we helping people across a, a broad spectrum of just what's going on in their worlds and how they can be some extra support that they wouldn't necessarily get from the workplace. Yeah, it's interesting. The purpose and, you know, we've seen this. I I do think that the impact on on COVID has given so many of us time to reflect on what do we really want from life. And and for some people, that is quite a positive, easy conversation to have. It's quite liberating. Um, Other people find it, you know, very traumatic and very difficult. Um, And other people, because of other situations, have been forced into, you know, unhappiness or or different situations. Um, what are the what are the ways that you help people think those through or support is it, I know you've got a support line but what kind of stuff do you do so the support line is probably the thing that most people hear about first and it's a larger part of what we actually do so the volume I guess of people coming to dabs is coming to our advice line 
and they will take calls on anything from um, somebody's something going wrong in so someone's work experience. So maybe they're facing challenges at work. They may be facing redundancy. And certainly during COVID and during 2020 in particular, that became the number one reason for people ringing us. Um, okay. And it, you know, it sort of we tend to follow where the industry is. So if you think back to the beginning of the pandemic, um, it was people who were freelanced were like the first ones going, "Hey, all our contracts are being cancelled. What, what, what do yeah. we do?" So we had a sort of flurry of people contacting us who needed that sort of advice. Then it was sort of redundancy with furlough. I'm being furloughed. What does it mean if I'm being furloughed? Is my job at risk? And then mm-hmm. sort of redundancy is coming anyway, even with the, the furlough arrangements. So, so that sort of has been the core of it. Um, but it could be anything. You know, quite a lot of it is where your life and your work collides, yeah. the work-life balance challenges, coping, you know, working parents, how they've coped through mm-hmm. for the last few years. So all of this is going on before, but just quite a lot of, different things have had the focus during during the last last couple of years so the advice line works as sort of people call in we have a chat bot now so you know the last couple of years we've got uh, made sure we're as up to date as possible with all the technical advances mm-hmm. so people can chat if they actually want to ring somebody you can you know just chat that way and it feels mm-hmm. perhaps a little bit more comfortable um, and from there we can then depends what people need we ask them what they need we try and help them work out what they need they can come back in for coaching if that's sort of the direction, join our master classes. We also do financial support. So sometimes people come to us and often a little bit late. So I would say if anybody sort of, you know, listening to this knows somebody or themselves is beginning to worry about their finances, ring us sooner rather than later. Yeah. Just to help sort of uh, balance all that out and uh, just be a friendly ear, completely confidential. Um, and, you know, great organisations have really good employee support systems, but quite often you don't want to necessarily just talk internally and you'd rather come to somebody independent. So we're here, here for that mm-hmm. as well. So yeah. a very wide range of support um, and it really is driven by what people need from us. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot about the stigma of talking about well-being and mental health and the challenge, and just even just talking about when you feel you know, you're in a financially difficult situation uh, or, or any of those things you've talked about. Do you see that? How do you help people overcome that? Is that partly because you are different from the workplace? Um, how, how do, what do you do to help people go, it's okay to come and talk to us? So first it's being there. And saying we are a, a, a listening ear, you know, so just, you know, come and share and don't, you know, don't worry about that being shared back anywhere. So there's sort of number one is completely independent, and confidential. The other thing is uh, being in terms of being that listening ear, then asking people what they need. Quite often people haven't really been asked that question before. They haven't thought about it in terms of what do you think you need? What do you think you need now? And, and whether we can we can help with that. Um, and then just you know exploring what's going on with their, their world because quite often somebody might ring you and be worried about one thing but once they start talking you can understand that there are other things going on and then give people the confidence to share that and we can often fix things you know give the advice on the phones um, and then that's helped immediately you know if the team are sort of they trained from HR perspective they're many of them have got counseling backgrounds they know the industry so they understand the issues that people are facing in the industry so they have that wealth of experience and then of course we can sort of refer uh, on to sort of more specific therapies that we can identify if they might be right for the right people again the financial support you know or pushing people suggesting that they just get involved with our master classes so things like confidence and gravitas is our most popular master class at the moment 
And that seems to be coming from the fact that people during the last couple of years have had a massive confidence knock. Just coming back into the office, worries about that, not having the connections with colleagues that you would have learned. And that's definitely a, a, a thing that's sort of demotivating people and this crisis of confidence. Um, so we've been you know, really, really busy. So there's lots of that that we can help with specifically and very practically. Yeah, it, it, you know, you're absolutely right. It's so interesting, isn't it? So often, I, you know, we find people go, you know, we're very outgoing um, or and particularly in, in this sort of industry, they're quite outgoing people um, and either they haven't been able to meet people and therefore they feel that that's been difficult. As you say, not just literally being able to be in the office. And I think also there's something about our, our lives have just become narrower. You know, we've got less yeah. people that we've seen, less people that we spend time with. And, and you know, I, I find sometimes I wake up and go, what happened to all those lovely people that I used to see and kind of know, but I don't, I don't get to see and know them anymore because of COVID. Yeah. And, and it does have a, it does has such an impact. And even when I go, oh, why would I feel, you know, a bit nervous or I'm lacking some confidence because I'm not that kind of person? Um, I do become like that. And then I don't quite know how to handle it because it's not my natural characteristic. Yeah, we've definitely all bunkered in a bit, I think. Um, and even those of us that even myself, I, you know, we've been going into the office, you know, probably once, twice a week, sort of breathing into the pre-Christmas period. Now we're back down to sort of maybe once a week if you need to, you know, obviously yeah. because we're all following the guidance. And even just when you feel you know you need to, but actually just getting on with it, it's it's a bit more difficult than I think people think. So I think getting new routines back getting some of those good practices that we all did it, didn't we, at the beginning, you know, yeah. we were all like making sure we we're going for our walks and yeah. making sure we were having check-ins with our teams and, you know, a really huge effort on Zoom quizzes. And, you know, yeah. now we're all sort of fed up to the IT with the Zoom. So therefore we've, got, we've still got to make that extra effort. Yeah. Um, as I just think we'll probably feel that we will just not have those natural connections that, and if you don't have the fun around the edges, it is just work, work, work. Yes, yes. And setting those boundaries. And we've seen, you know, that, that people try to set boundaries. They did for a while and then they've all gone again now. And you have to kind of constantly fight to do that with yourself and with your teams and with your other people. And it does make such a difference. But it is quite hard to do. Yeah, it's so easy, isn't it? The computer's on in the, you know, the next room or even in the room you're in, yeah. depending on the circumstances that you've got. And it, yeah, and it just all just does drift. But on the other hand, you know, we know that flexibility that's come from this yeah just you know and for you know working fam working parents in particular I know the, the school juggles and things were awful um and probably still are with the you know the, the covid situation with teachers and things and I know it's not easy but actually at least everybody's got their head around it now that actually yes. working parents need some flexibility and some poor yeah. and actually it's not that difficult to provide it so no exactly yeah so that's good and the kind of balance of people as well you know the hierarchy can can flatten out quite well and that's and that's a, an, another kind of positive um, why has this been you know so important for you where where did this passion come from so I think it sort of came about quite slowly um I'm probably as I said I'm a natural extrovert I would consider myself quite resilient 
probably wouldn't have talked openly about how I felt about any of my mental health um, before. And when I was in my previous role at Bernardo's, um, you know, great policies on everything. Um, but wasn't it was, wasn't until some sort of members of the team started to have some confidence who joined the team and had some, like one had a mental health diagnosis and actually was talking about it. And we realised that actually it wasn't the environment that was as good as it could be for that person to feel that they could share that with their colleagues, could talk about it. I didn't at that point really know how to support them. Mm. Um, so you sort of, you suddenly realise, particularly as you get into leadership positions, you are the one who's responsible for looking after your people and you really need to do the best you can. So that was one element. And then the other thing that happened was I was at one of the Wackle dinners and we had, you may remember it, so you had Ariana Huffington came to speak to us. It's quite a long time ago, probably, Mm -hmm. I don't know, somewhere 10 years, maybe even now, or certainly in that hill. And she'd been written her book Thrive and she gave everybody a book who was there. And she spoke about this burnout really that crept up from nowhere and sort of almost collapsing, I think was was what happened to her. And I suddenly thought crumbs, this happens to everybody, everybody and anybody, not just those. So I think it's, it moved from seeing mental health as a, a mental health diagnosis to yeah. the broader well-being and re- reading the book and just going actually there's something really important here that we've we've got to do and then when I and then my move to NABS was a sort of a combination of being a charity expert working in the industry something that was working on well-being an opportunity to lead an organization as the CEO and when I got in there NABS was just what NABS was doing so it just felt like a really lovely marriage of Guess what I'd been learning and seeing with an organisation that was actually already beginning to be really proactive on it. And I think that just connected for me. And we found that well-being focus and got on with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gee, it's so interesting you say that because, you know, I, I, like, like me, like many people maybe listen to this, it's a similar journey Mm. um obviously I had cancer about 13 years ago and that made me reevaluate what I was doing um and hadn't having to live my life slightly differently I had somebody that worked for me at Oyster Catchers who I now look back on absolutely had a mental health problem um we didn't really recognize it we didn't really help and support him he left we so could have done it but we just I just yeah, I just didn't really understand how to help him. And, you know, my son was going through some quite difficult things. So I lived through it with him. And so I kind of thought, oh, I understand this. But I wasn't translating it from a home into a working environment. Um, and I do remember the wackle things so well um, and, and Ariana and, and going, oh, I get that. But then also saying, but why, why is not everyone talking about this? Why do we still think that this is possible, but somehow so many of us think we're invincible? Yeah. Um, and I see it all the time now. And, and I just wonder, do you see that? What do you think, people? Why does What makes them think that they're beyond um, burnout because they're, they're more than superhuman? I think that less people do now. I think, and I think particularly the last two years has made everybody realise that this is mental health is, is connected to your physical health and everything yeah. else that's going on in your world. And I think that we've spent a lot of time talking about it. And particularly in this industry, I mean, when I first arrived, probably when we talked about well-being and naps, like we actually questioned, is well-being a strong enough focus yeah. for us? 
Um, because actually people were interpreting it as probably, I don't know, I'm not going to quite get this right, but more like wellness. Yes. So, you know, it was probably. looking after yourself and maybe some yoga and all those sorts of things. And yeah, great. That's, that's all part of, you know, being able to look after yourself. And a lot of people get a lot out of those yeah. sorts of activities. But, you know, well-being was a bit soft. Was it a commercial benefit? Um, so, you know, but actually in that time, we've come on that journey. And as an industry that's embraced talking about mental health, uh, having mental health allies in the workplace, most organisations have got them up there, more first aiders, um, organisations like your own, NABs, you know, all, all working to, to bring it to the fore. And some really brilliant leaders who champion speaking about it. I, we've yeah. made a big difference. I think we just need to make sure we keep it to the fore now. Yeah. Um, because our industry is very good at following the next challenge. So, you know, yeah. at the moment, there's a massive issues around our response to the environment and climate change. And let's just make sure we keep some of the, you know, keep the inclusion, you know, for example, the things that come out of the all-in census really front and centre. Um, whilst we, you know, we have, you know, we are tackling how we respond to, to sustainability as well as organisations and individuals. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, well, I think all of this, if, if people don't have the wellness, the energy, the focus, it doesn't matter all these other brilliant things that we want to do or the industry wants to do they won't be able to do it because um, you know people people have burnout. People won't won't be able to do multiple things. And um, yeah, you know, I, I completely agree. But and it, it is difficult. And we we love shiny things, don't we? So you know, chasing after the next shiny thing rather than um, you know remembering that this is important, uh, you know, is is, is difficult. Um, what do you do to support your own well-being? I probably don't do as much practicing what I preach as I possibly should, just to be completely honest. Um, but, you know, mentioning sort of I'm the E, I'm an E, I, know I thrive off people. So I make sure I keep in good contact with, with people. And I've thrown myself into some of the things that are that's supporting other people at moments. Like within WACL, I'm leading the peer mentoring program, which is proven to be really popular for people to just support each other and use their expertise and their kindness to, to support each other. Mm -hmm. So that's been brilliant. Uh, really lovely connections with family and friends sort of out of work and making sure that work-life balance does hold. Um, that's really important to me uh, as well. So I think I have a lot of resources that I now just naturally tap into and sort of similar to the model that you use, Suki, with your assessment of well-being, NABS has a different but similar seven. Um, and in there is one that we call awareness. And that's a, that's the there's this little, you know, little little voice in your head that you know chats away and tells you that you're not great and that you shouldn't be doing this. And the negative pathways build much faster than the positive pathways. So the awareness one is learning how you respond to things that happen to you or what people say and are you aware of those thoughts that's a really good one to just I mm. sometimes find hold on to um when you're when you're you know making sure that you feel okay that's interesting yeah I like that um how do you so when you've got that going on how do you go okay I'm gonna listen to this do you write stuff down do you just think about it yourself do you talk to other people about it what do you I do? tend to try and calm it so I you know I guess it's probably a more mindfulness approach 
Um, but it's quite interesting because, you know, when I first joined NABS, the team would like one day we'd, they would started doing colouring at lunchtimes, you know, when all those colour books came out. Do you remember? We all had yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like the last one who joined the room, but I did. And it really good at sort of stopping you in the moment and focusing you down. And you really appreciate that you actually do get something out of just getting your mind quiet. Yeah. And that can just stop some of that chat and everything going on. So I just think trying to just calm, get to that sort of space, you know, there's mm-hmm. lots of apps and things that, that you know, that were really popular. Just sort of saying, okay, as I say to myself, <laughs> one that I do the most often is, well, I've got that now. Yep. Okay. Got that. Thanks. You know, yeah. I just capture it <laughs> as a, yeah. right, you told me now. Thank you, head. I, can, I know that. Be like, Thank you. You know, and then you can move it, almost park it and put it in a, put it over to a drawer or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny, isn't it? I, I, um, I really do try and do uh, at least a 10 minute meditation every day. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. And if I don't, I, one, I miss it. Um, but, uh, you know, it is that moment of calm, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it does really set me up for being able to breathe, being able to hear more clearly. Um, but, you know, it, does, it, t- it takes a bit of time. And even though it's 10 minutes, sometimes I think, oh, I haven't got time for that. But it, it is different. Yeah. We've, we've been doing it as part of the peer mentoring where we literally, before we start, we literally you just do that few minutes of feel your feet on the floor, make sure your phone's yeah. off, just be present for what you're about to do. And I think that's that's what I could have done with doing yesterday morning before I joined a particular meeting. Where I was rushing around and, you know, busy. My head was going and I was all a bit frustrated and something else just happened. And I think I, I took that wrong energy into that room, you know, so it's sort of yeah. just like park one set of energy just you know ground yourself for a minute and you know means you'd be the better version of yourself that you always say you want to be yeah it's you know uh, whenever we do our workshops so often and particularly leaders you know they come rushing in and you can see them going 90 minutes I haven't absolutely I literally haven't got time for this and and by the way I I don't really even want to do it it's going to be really annoying a million other things to do and you can see it all going on and they're just kind of restless and and then gradually they go oh this is okay and they lean Mm. in a bit more and they don't turn their their camera off and then they begin to react and interact Mm. and then at the end they go oh is it over can it be longer yeah and and it happens (laughs) all the time you go no no because we said it could be longer, but you didn't want to spend the time mm-hmm. and look at you at the beginning and look at you at the end. And it yeah. happens so often. Yeah. <laughs> um, you as you know, you as a leader, I've known you since Bernardo's. Um, yeah. you, know, you are such a, a lovely, kind, compassionate person, but also I love the kind of strength that you have, the determination, the focus. Um, How would you describe yourself as a leader? That's very kind of you, Suki. Thank you very much. I must say, when I said I was leaving NABS, I've got some lovely comments. You know, do I recognise myself as that person? But I guess one of them is is that what I mentioned earlier, trying to be the best version of yourself that you you can be and treating people with the respect that you would want to be treated. I think when people ask you what's your leadership style and things, I think I've just grounded on the point I'm a flexible leader because... You have to be different with everybody, really, in the sense of how you support them. But at the same time, you have to have a consistency of how you behave and the examples you set and, you know, what people can expect from you. So that's probably where I where I try and sit. Modelling the way is sort of a vision for me, you know, trying to be what you want to be. We use that at NABs around our DE&I as well, where we're just trying to 
you know, say, you know, if we want to be speaking out on these issues, we've got to be really, really good ourselves. And we're not there yet. And we understand that. And we've still got a long way to go. But it's, I guess it's trying to be trying to do that and be impact, aware of the impact you have on others. You know, I love the, the particular phrase around the impact of your shadow. You know, are you a light or a dark? How do people feel when you come in and out the room? Um, that's I think that's really important. So I think I probably do go in with heart quite a lot. Mm. Um, uh, even though I'm scientist, but you know, I'm sort of like math sciences and all those yeah. sorts of things. So it's definitely a person who's evolved here, I think, during being a, a manager and then a leader and working mm. out how you get the best out of people. And actually it's just by working with them in the best possible way you can. And the, the more you, you know, you bash desks and, you know, all those sorts of things, they just, people just run, you know, turn the other way and you don't get the added value from them and everything else that you need. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more of that. Uh, that's so interesting about being a light and dark leader. What does, what does that really mean? And, and what does it, give me an example for you. So um, another way of describing it is some of radiators and drains. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people often mm-hmm. talk about that. So when, you know, when you're in the room, you know, what is the energy that you're, you're giving off? Um, I, so the things I try and do, I try not to hold people's work up. I don't always do it. And my team listening will go, oh, no, I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, try not to hold people up. Um, trying to make sure that you're um, giving people the, the skills that they need to do what they need to do really really well um and championing them as as well but quite a lot of it is just about the, the for me the energy so when you go in you know when you go into the room um whether you know even now whether it's a zoom room or whatever, what's the energy that you're bringing in there and you know uh, you know so some people could be so flat and low all the time that the, you can feel the energy just suck out of the room can't you so yeah. uh, it's tr- it's trying to make somebody feel good Yes, about their yes. interaction they've they've had you know yeah. manager whatever it is um and you know if you haven't got something nice to say don't say it you know I know I know and I, I you're absolutely right and it, and I we all do know those people that just yeah. suck the lifeblood out of yeah. a meeting a, a room a time at work and at home and and other people you know we go oh I can't wait to see them or I'm going to learn something new and they're going to be lovely and I think Sometimes we think those are the people who are only kind of loud and outgoing. And you don't think you have to be um, loud and outgoing to still be that sort of light radiator type person. Um, but it is a it is an attitude, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I think it's about what you how you want want to be and. You know, I think quite people should let their natural personalities come through a bit more, more at work. Sometimes people you know, yeah. have these personas, don't they? And I need to, I'm a leader. I should seem to be like this or yeah. like that. And actually authenticity is the word that everybody uses all the time. And it, it, it is really the, the most valuable thing you can do. People trust you if you're authentic with them. And it, it makes so much difference, everything else that you tr- need to try and do, you know, trust, yeah. trust. It breaks down between colleagues. It's the one, it's the most damaging thing to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really is. Yeah, no, it's right, isn't it? And it, it's, it, it is, you know, we talk about it like you do. And as you said, there's some amazing leaders who have shown vulnerability and, and openness and trust, but there are still so many that can't do it, don't want to do it, find it difficult. and and I and I get that, um, but when they are brave and they do manage it, and it does make a difference, they're so surprised, mm. and they they like it from other people, but they just can't do it themselves. 
And we have to understand not everybody's uh, more as extrovert as I am on the scale. So therefore, even sharing more of yourself and all that is quite difficult for quite a lot of people. And and that's fine as well. But just try and be yourself, I think, is is the key thing that you want people to hear. And certainly when we went into lockdown one, um, I lose count now, really, is that quite where we are? Um, But when there was some leadership sessions hosted by different organizations at the beginning and just the dramatic change that lots of the leaders were talking about that they'd done in their organizations and the, how they had had to change how yes. their whole styles of communication had had to evolve um suddenly going you know going from communicating so you know not particularly regularly maybe to really regularly to having to listen to work out what the best thing to do was their teams and their workforces so yeah i i think so many people have shifted the way they've worked now and I think it's here to stay that you know that ability to support I think we're a bit worn out by it a bit I think you know the the constant need to support your team out there and what they need particularly as we're back working at home again it's hard it's really hard yeah it is yeah, absolutely. So, now, I'm, I talked to Carolyn McCall, who runs ITV at the, at the beginning, and she was saying, you know, and she is outgoing and an amazing leader and went to doing weekly town halls yeah. online to everyone every single week. And she said you know, it was tough, but actually it made a massive difference. Yeah. Um, she's not still doing it weekly, but she's still doing it on a much more regular basis. And I think, gosh, how brilliant that somebody who naturally is such a great communicator and that's so part but actually she has done things differently done things in a new way um that is making a difference so you know other other leaders can do the same thing and we've seen that we have seen that happen yeah and I think it's probably one of the harder points now is we we put all that energy into it in 2020 and we got through 21 and then but 22 we're all still here we are again you know hopefully by the end of January you know restrictions will lift again and we can all start working our way back into our office but that's still going to be slow you know there's never been a moment in time and people come back it's going to be evolved flexible work is going to stay so the need to continue some of these things is going to be really really important possibly even more important now because what's going to be happening now is change (laughs) so there's another whole change phase to support people through exactly I think change and I think you know I've had um lots even just in the beginning of this year so many quite senior leaders come to me going uh I'm on sick leave um I'm going to put some of my team on sick leave um through burnout Mm. um and you know it's something we've been predicting is going to happen and I can and you've seen some in the stats we've seen it with our psychologists we've seen it in the more broader realms but I mean, I've been quite surprised at what I've seen in the first two weeks of this year as an indicator to what kind of might happen, I think, in the next six months or so. Um, and I, I don't know if you've, if you've seen any of that at all yet. Yeah, fair bits of it. I think it's probably come through to us more around the career crossroads piece and people coming going, I don't think I want to do yeah. this anymore. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to evaluate. Right. What do I do differently? How do I change? But, you know, but you take it back to the psychology and the neuroscience, you know, this is still our fight or flight response. So you're constantly in these stress levels, um, particularly as a senior leader, because it's every, you know, you never don't know what you're going to come into week from week, really, with with this. And you think you might be pitching live probably and then you're not back, you're back to virtual and, you know, just trying to organise a the safety of an office at the moment you know so even for us you know the issues of ventilation in meeting rooms means most of our meeting rooms can't be used at capacity that we would like so even if we had everybody back we can't 
So, you know, it's, there's, a, there's a constant challenge for leaders to be navigating this. So, so yeah, you've got all the pressures of normal life work, pitching, business, challenges, people. And on top of it, you've got to navigate this whole quite significant health and safety element yeah. that probably wouldn't have sat with you as a leader before. It's probably one yeah. step removed. But now it's, it's really, really close. Leaders can't not own it and understand the implications for their people. I think it's a really, a really great point. And there's lots of things that people are doing that they've not done before and for the first time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one more thing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested in measurement. Um, you know, we have the seven needs. You've done something at, at NABS. And, and I'm interested in measurement because I think it really helps people um, to all the points we've been talking about, understand that um, well-being, mental health is not just about our physical and mental well-being. It has other things that impact it. You talked about awareness. We talk about creativity around purpose, around people. Um, we do a, we do a scoring thing. Um, how, how do you measure or, or think about measurement and why do you think it's important? So we do that probably more through our sort of careers well-being sort of approaches really so we use our model which we call shepherd um mm -hmm. which is seven um similar so similar but different characteristics yeah um and so things like you know happiness so s is satisfaction how do you feel about yeah. um everything's going on for you for example and we then work that through in a coaching program with individual um coaching or you know uh, people who need who've come to coach for coaching mm -hmm. and that and that enables them to put themselves where they might be at any one point in time because like your your model we understand we sort of talk about well-being being a seesaw and at any moment you know some bits of it will be up and down and if you've got seven bits that are up and down at <laughs> any one point you yeah. know you're going things are going to move aren't they so uh, we tend to do it one-to-one -one in in that in that environment and just and I think that awareness one is probably the strongest one. So do you understand now that your well-being is a concept of these mixed areas, you know, for example? So we so even from uh, six, seven years ago, and we created this probably six years ago, we created this. So the D is, is diversity, and it has been there for a long time, which is, a, you know, your connections and your relationships. So if people are able to understand this concept, then they can go, well, actually, oh, I have my relationships have got a bit more narrow over the last 12 months in here. And I know I need that as part, part of me. So we don't really, we don't need to do a scoring in quite the same way that your model does, which I really liked. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, but we tend to do it in the one-to-one -one coaching, helping people think, think it through um, in the co coaching environment. So um what we tend to look at from a measurement from a NAB's point of view is what's the in, what's the bigger picture of the industry so what are the calls about so we that you know so we know at the moment it's emotional support is the number one reason and within that the, the biggest reason within emotional support is mental health and that's come back whereas last year it was all redundancy yes so, you know you can see yeah. what's happening yeah. you can read the signs um and then you can respond with your you know services and, and development based on what's going on yeah, interesting. Interesting. You're right. And I, the seesaw bit and it is great. Um, what's next for you? You're you're going to leave NABS, um, yeah, as you said, no, you know, slightly leaving. shocking for everyone. And, you know, we, we've won just you've done an amazing job. And so many people, um, you know, I know feel the same. What 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 made you leave? First of all, well, I, I, I'm seven years. Yeah. yeah you know, and that's gone like a, you know. 
I can't believe it's seven years. I literally, it, it feels it like yesterday that I remember you going, oh, this is what I'm going on. This yeah, and I've, and I've absolutely loved it. And yeah. um, having sort of come from bananas, when I was already in this industry, I was, you know, I was already, you know, the, the marketing lead there before I was doing the deputy CEO role. I was already involved in Wackle, you know, I've worked with some of the biggest agencies and done some fabulous work. So I was already involved with marketing. It wasn't until I joined NABS that I sort of quite quite realised just how close and supportive the industry can be for, for everybody. So yeah. it's, it's been absolutely brilliant and I've loved it, but I just need a bit of time now. I've, you know, thinking about, let's say back from a well-being perspective, but I've worked all the way through. Even my degree had a Four year was a was a sandwich course with a year work in the middle of it. Haven't stopped. Uh, we just want me and my husband just want to take a bit of time. You know, we love traveling when we can. You know, we've got I've got mm. 2020 holidays stacked up for oh, 2022, including Bhutan and Nepal. <gasps> like Brilliant. like getting out on my bicycle. Um, so yeah, so there's you know, we really is a bit about taking a break, but mm. I've still got some lovely commitments to things that I've called my passion projects. So I'm we'll still, you know, I've talked a lot about Wackle. I'll continue to do a lot to support Wackle and the, you know, the, the gender equality as well as the supporting the net, supporting element of the membership bit that I really like. Um, I'm on the advisory board of Tambo, which is the new business academy, and it's a brand new uh, academy that's been set up to provide support for people who work in new business. You know, a really oh. really lonely place to work yes. sometimes. You yeah. Know? Um, I'm on the Council of Advertising, supporting those who are LGBT plus in, in the industry and championing representation of them across media and, and different things. So I've got some brilliant things that I can help with on a voluntary mm. basis. Mm. That's what I want to do. Um, and I'll worry about anything else later. So, yeah, I'm definitely not going straight back in for another role. Um, I just needed to sort of yeah, take a little bit of Dark, you know, I'm saying it's semi-retirement. It, you know, it is really. I don't really want to be doing another another major role. At the, you know, at the moment I want to do help where I can and mm. play a bit more. Yeah, how lovely, how lovely. Um, how do you? And that's really fantastic. One of the things that I see, and I do, and I don't feel that you'll have this because I, I and I often ask, and it's a little bit more male orientated than female orientated. But when when people do stop their big job, even though they've got other things, they uh, sometimes are really defined by that job, really defined by everything that goes on. And they go, oh, no, no, I'm going to be completely fine when I stop. Have you thought about how you might feel uh, not being defined by NABs or, or Bernardo's and the chief exec kind of role um, at all? I think I think it's going to be a bit of a challenge. My mum's more worried about it than I am. So, okay. you know, just to show it's a good question to ask, because I think it's a real, a real question. Um, I think I'm sort of going to keep one foot in the camp of, you know, being connected with the industry and, and you know, and, you know, being on these kind of advisory boards and connecting with the people that I know and love. Um, so I still get to have the benefit of all the fun bit of it without some of the responsibilities you know that go with it and I think I think having worked for check with charities as my main career for you know nearly nearly you know nearly all my career you know yeah. marketing and charities and things um I think I just need a little bit of space for me um that's just be able to reconnect with some of the passions and you know, I do quite a lot of music I've not done much of that for the last few years 
Um, and yeah, and just just to sort of to, to reconnect a bit. So yeah, I'm I'm expecting it to be a little bit of one of those voices that's going around in my head, and I just need to be aware of it and make sure that I'm happy and excited. I think COVID could be a bit problematic this year. We want we, you know, I'd yeah. love to just get on a plane and travel, you know, yeah. and that takes you away from so much of those noises because and we won't be quite doing that, but um, you know, I, I will. There's so many new adventures to to do that I will be looking at the new adventures yeah oh that's so lovely and you know it'd be lovely to see the new adventures that you've got the new things that you want to do but also as you said things like music and stuff you've done before that you can reconnect with um and you know have that sort of sense of of purpose but also have some time yeah Um, yeah it's a bit of doubt a bit of time I think number one time number two projects number three connection and supporting doing what I can to support our industry still be the best it can be is probably three brilliant oh well I wish you mm. so much luck in that thank, thank you, you so much for talking about NABs and mental health and well-being and the work you've been doing and you know it's it's obviously very close to both of our hearts um, it's lovely to hear the perspective <laughs> that you've been doing um and uh, and we obviously we, we share a lot of passion and and you know the next things that you're going to be doing when when do you when do you leave NABs when do you start your next journey so, so uh, spring you know I think end of March is sort of the official date but I've you know I promised I won't leave the seat empty I you know I'll do handovers and things so yeah I think it could be spring springish is probably the easiest sort of <laughs> at the moment so around for a good few months um, and do handovers and. Yeah, I guess priority is making sure I do a really good baton pass to uh, my uh, successor, like uh, Zoe Osmond did for me. You know, I picked up a very healthy organisation and I would like to make sure I do the same. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I hope that you'll share some of your story. I'm sure you would lots of people, but we'd love to share that with you because you are going on a journey that lots of people have been talking about, lots of people have shared with us. And I think for them to see perhaps some of the reality of what you're going to go through in the next bit of time would yeah. be really great. So hopefully that we can we can share some of that with you. Yeah, lovely. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'd like to, look, like to do that. It'd be good to look forward to that. Brilliant. Thank you, Diana. Lovely to see you. Thank you, Suki. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed Reset the Podcast, I'd love it if you would forward it to your work colleagues, friends and family. Reset the Podcast is a Let's Reset and Advertising Week global production. Executive producer is Richard Larson, with me, Suki Thompson. Thanks to our sponsor, Liars Non-Alcoholic Spirits and voiceover artist, Talitha Penny. Music provided by Audio Network.